What is the largest office building in the world? Who was the first woman to be placed in nomination by a major political party for president? Answers to those and other questions coming up today on the Off Ramp with Bob and Marsha Smith. Welcome to the Off-Ramp, a place to slow down, steer clear of crazy, take a side road to sanity, and get some perspective on life. Well, Marsha, here we are at the end of the seventh week of, uh-huh, uh, of uh-huh. the lockdown. Yeah, yeah. I know you've been doing things like playing puzzles and things, and so I've got to... Pass quest- the wine bottle, Bob. I have a question to ask you about puzzles here. Sure. How many pieces does the hardest jigsaw puzzle have? You mean anyone that says that? Kind it's of, a it's, thousand pieces. It's Yeah, that's the standard for jigsaw puzzles. Really? Yeah, for most jigsaw that's puzzles. That's too much for me. <laughs> but the, the trick question here is this particular puzzle is smaller than the standard puzzle. So the pieces are called micro pieces. Mm. And here's why it's the hardest puzzle. <laughs> there is no design. Just 1,000 pieces in a solid color. White well, that's or black. Stupid. That's stupid. No, it's not stupid. It's called Black Hell, <laughs> or if you prefer, White Hell. And they're made by a Japanese puzzle maker, Beverly, and each puzzle features a single color. And the company claims that those micro-sized pieces are the world's smallest, only for little hands. How long does it take to put together? For the average person or what? For who? Me? For somebody who for, claimed to have put it together. For me, you're talking two years for the... Average puzzle solver? Well, you're funny you said two years because one reviewer said it took him 17 months yeah. to complete just half of the puzzle. Yeah, yeah, okay. Even though the back of the puzzle has different patterns imprinted to help users, he called it the devil reincarnated into an inanimate object. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I think it's just stupid. Well, I mean, who would put together that? There are solid... bigger puzzles, though. There are bigger puzzles. Uh, Amazon sells a jigsaw featuring Disney characters with 40,000 pieces. <laughs> And there's a massive puzzle from Kodak that has 51,000 pieces. Wow. All right. Well, uh, let's start with the two questions we uh, teased. Uh, what is the largest office building in the world? Hmm. Office building? Is it in Dubai? No. Is it in New York? It's in terms of its square feet. Okay. In terms of square feet. That's is what we're going by. Not the height, not the width, not the square feet, the number of square feet. Okay. Well, is it in New York? No, it's not. Okay. And it's not Dubai? No, it's not Dubai. Is it? It's in Washington. Pentagon? Yes. The Pentagon has a total floor area of how many millions of square feet do you think it has? Five. Six and a half million square feet. Even so, no two offices in the building are more than 1,800 feet or six minutes walking time distant from each other. That's how they built it. Really? That's why they built it as they did. Amazing. Now, why when it was built did the Pentagon have twice the amount of restrooms as it needed? Because African Americans had to have their own bathrooms. That's exactly right, because the laws of the uh, The district. Yeah, they required uh, separate restrooms for what they called colored people at the time. Uh It's amazing that they had to do that. So they had to put that in the planning when they built that building. That's probably the only place in the U.S. that has enough bathrooms for women. 
<laughs> right? That's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it, I think. Yeah. Well, all women look at it that way. Okay, More wait, bathrooms, wait. please. Let's look at yours. What's your question there? Okay. Who was the first woman, Bob, to be placed in nomination by either major political party for president of the United States? And tell me if you know the year, too. Okay. And this had to be in our time, right? Oh, yes. Um. Gosh, I'm trying to think of her name. Uh, that was back in 1970, 1980, was it, I think? Or no. was it 1976? No. When was it? 60s. Really? And she was the only woman who ever served in both the Senate and House of Representatives. Okay, so who was had, it? She had a lot of gravitas back then. It was, you'll remember this name, Congresswoman Margaret Chase Smith. Oh, I forgot about her. Yeah, me too. Of Skohegan, Maine. Uh, and uh, she was, the Republicans put her up. What year was that? 64. 1964. So that was the first woman to be put into nomination for president by a major party. And the party was the Republican Party, not the Democratic Party. Who won? Was that Johnson that year? Yes. Before? Yes. Okay, here's another one. Here's another question. Okay. Why is the submachine gun known as the Tommy gun? Remember that in all the movies? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The gangsters had the Tommy guns back in the uh, Warner Brothers films. Was it an old gangster named Tom? It's the inventor. His say. name was John Taliaferro Thompson. He invented it in 1920, and the mobs got That was a technology, a crime technology all the mobsters got. Ah. Their holds on right away. And Tom Thompson, right? John Thompson. Oh, John Thompson. John Thompson. Gotcha. Here's one I bet you know, okay. Mr. Presidential History Lover. Okay. Oh, what does the teddy bear have in common with a president of the United States? Oh, it's Teddy Roosevelt. Yes. Because he... Uh, treed a bear. So a bear was up a tree and he, he caught it and then he would not kill it because he thought that was inhumane to shoot that. It was a hunting incident, but he didn't want to kill the bear. And so that was played up in all the papers. And then there was a toy store owner who built a little toy bear and he named it Teddy for, for Roosevelt. Well, you have more information than I have in my answer. Here, oh, but sorry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but mine says he was presented with an Australian koala bear. And he was a lover of animals, which we know from his uh, biography. He made such a fuss over it that they started putting stuffed toys out of bears, and they called them teddy bears. And he actually sort of endorsed it. Actually, they, the uh, that toy owner who started it kind of asked him if it was okay, and he said, sure, fine. If you want to call it a teddy bear, that's okay. Yeah. Good his name wasn't Walter or something. <laughs> the Walter Bear. <laughs> Okay, now the My topic pleasure. is cannibals. Ah, okay. <laughs> that is. Human beings eat human beings. Okay. How did Portuguese explorers journeying to South America find out if the natives in the jungles were cannibals? How did they determine whether the natives were cannibals? Their breath? No. Uh, little fingernails hanging out of their mouth? No, this is really sad, okay? Oh, okay. They oh. brought along convicts on their ships. And oh, no. So then they cast them ashore in unfamiliar areas, leaving them to the mercy of the Indians there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. That's how the Portuguese explorers knew if there were cannibals on shore. Wow. But how did they know if they ate them or they just lived happily uh, with a native girl? They must have just hung around to see what happened. Oh. <laughs> I know. It's pretty bleak, isn't it? God. Not what a, a way to get rid of prisoners. 
Yeah. Now, that, now you're now you're torturing him if you don't give him a TV in the cell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those were really bad times. <laughs> okay. Although gasoline lines can freeze up due to water caused by condensation, why is it unlikely gasoline itself will ever freeze on this planet? On this planet. In the near future. In the near. Well, oh, well, it can't ever get cold enough to do that. Isn't there a temperature that? It has to reach, which is really low. Yeah, that's the good thing. What usually happens when you have a gas line problem, it's there's water in there, condensation, and it freezes. But gasoline will solidify only under temperatures of 180 to 240 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. And that temperature has never been reached on this planet outside of a laboratory. Really? Say again? How Gasoline will solidify... If it's 180 to 240 degrees below zero, and they've only made that temperature happen in a laboratory. Okay. And we know none of us would survive that kind of weather. Wow, interesting. Okay. Well, you're probably wondering, what is the origin of the phrase, a baker's dozen? (laughs) Oh, yeah, a baker's dozen is 13 of something, right? Correct. A baker made one more than 12 of something, and he thought, well, I'll just throw it in and call it a baker's dozen. It's a, it's a little bonus for my customers. Yeah. Well, that's too boring for this show. This show is <laughs> enlightening and exciting. Okay, so what's okay. the answer? So it goes back to medieval times. A baker who cheated his customers in those days was confined in the dungeon as punishment. So if you cheated your customers from their donuts... For this reason, bakers would customarily give an extra piece with each dozen to ensure against any possible shortage. Oh, really? Yeah. So they always threw in an extra one so that the uh, the customer wouldn't feel cheated because they didn't want to go to the dungeon. They didn't want to go to court to say, "I got you." Well, should I don't think they even got court. You, you you mess up my donut order. You're going to the dungeon. <laughs> Geez, these people didn't fool around back in the day. The these people were days. serious about their food. Yeah. Okay, speaking of food, I have a question for you, all right? This is a big, broad question. We can go into great detail or not. <laughs> or not okay. Yeah. Keep it simple. What do peanuts, almonds, cashews, walnuts, pine nuts, Brazil nuts, macadamia nuts, pistachios, pecans, and coconuts all have in common? Gee, they're nuts. I, uh, they're all grown up. Above ground? Most of them aren't nuts. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? From a technical standpoint. So peanuts, for instance, not actually a nut. Instead, peanuts are considered legumes along with soybeans and lentils and chickpeas. Huh. And legumes come in self-opening pods. Nuts don't. Almonds are not nuts. They are seeds within the fleshy peach-like fruits of the Asian prunus dulcis tree. What's a cashew? Cashews, they're droop seeds. Which is what the uh, almonds are. They're pulled from soft fruit packages. Nuts are not, okay? Cashew seeds are naturally protected by a toxin-coated outer shell that's roasted to neutralize the Eh. acid, just like peanuts, you know? But again, none of those are nuts. Eh. How about pine nuts? Uh -uh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh-uh. I love pine nuts. They're They're seeds. They're seeds from pine trees, from Italian stone pine trees. Italian pine. Brazil nuts. You'll find Brazil nuts all over the Amazon rainforest. But they're not nuts. No, they're seeds. They are seeds. Okay, well then define a nut for me. Okay, I have the answer to that. Okay. Botanists define a nut as a dry, one-seeded fruit encased in a hardened ovary wall called a pericarp. Genuine nuts are fused to their shells and won't naturally break open. So hazelnuts 
fit the criteria chestnuts do, but none of those others I named are actually nuts. Fascinating. Hazelnuts are a true nut. Yeah, hazelnuts and chestnuts are true nuts. But you're not eating either one of those, are you? Well, I like hazelnuts. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Okay. Okay, Bob. Let's get back to serious stuff. What are the two parts of your body that continue to grow during your lifetime, that don't stop growing? I'd say your hair and your fingernails. It seems. Uh, I don't know if this classifies. Oh, I see. Okay, so it's some physical part of your body that keeps growing. Yeah, I don't know if fingernails, because I would think they'd keep growing, and your hair. Wouldn't yeah, they? those are is, kind of... You know, this is like your arms or other parts. Okay, your arms don't grow. <laughs> <laughs> Butts grow. <laughs> well, that's a, that's an absolute fact. All stomachs and butts. I'd and, say that's the answer. Stomach, butts, and feet uh, get. But no, the actual answer is, and you knew one of these, I'm pretty sure, your nose continues to grow. You see that on older people. Their nose keeps getting bigger. And the other thing is ears. They, oh. don't, they don't stop growing. Well, how interesting. Okay, yeah. uh, you know, you're right. And why did you say, you know this, Bob, noses continue to grow? Why did you say that, Marsh? I, I th- <laughs> is that because you think my nose is getting bigger all it the is, time? It is a little larger. It, start, it looks a little bit like your father's, <sighs> okay. but he had a fine nose, fine-looking man. <laughs> and a fine-looking nose. And here's a little factoid connected with that, uh, about the human nose. It cleans and humidifies approximately 600 cubic feet of air each day. Wow. Now, I never thought of that. Yeah. So that's what what your nose is doing for you is wherever you're going, it is swooping up everything and cleaning and humidifying it, whatever it takes into your body. And that's why we have to wear a mask. Yes. Yes. That's a very good reason to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. Because it's swooping up everything. Like a big human vacuum cleaner. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Okay, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Off-Ramp with Bob and Marcia Smith. Okay, we're back with the off-ramp during the lockdown, shutdown, shelter-in-place coronavirus emergency. Okay, Marcia, you know, we think about uh, as we're all sitting in place and getting cabin fever and so forth, we naturally turn to memories of when we traveled, maybe when you took an airplane trip. What did you do? Did you watch something on the airplane? I prayed. Well, yes. Marcia always prays on the plane. Um, but you watch. You like watching content yes. on the plane. Yes, I do, yes. Okay. Well, when was the first in-flight movie shown? The very first in-flight movie. Well, I have a feeling it's much sooner than I think. Okay. So I'll just say 1957. Oh, it's sooner than that. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, then. 1942. No, sooner than that. What the heck? What, did Amelia Earhart have one going over? Oh, Sooner let's... than that. <laughs> really? All right, tell me. Okay, it was in 1921, and the film was Howdy, Chicago. It was <laughs> a, a travelogue shown by Aero Marine Airways. Have you ever heard of Aero Marine Airways? No. It used amphibious planes to fly tourists over the Windy City of Chicago. Oh. And Howdy Chicago was oh, proje- that's neat. projected onto a screen during one of those flights starting in 1921. And since it was 1921, it was a silent film. I'll be darned. Now, when was the first commercial film shown in flight? That's probably what you were thinking, a regular film. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what I was, yeah. Amelia probably had Netflix or something, but <laughs> I don't know the answer to this one. Bob. It was also a silent film, so that uh, would have really? been... Really? Yeah. 1938. No, 25. Oh, yeah, because we were well into talkies and 
30s. Yeah, from from 29 on it was talkies. Yeah. April 1925, The Lost World was shown by Imperial Airways on a flight between London and Paris. Now, The Lost World, by the way, was the Jurassic Park of its day. Yeah. That's um, why they named one of their films The Lost World. Yeah, it's an Arthur Conan Doyle story about explorers finding dinosaurs and prehistoric birds living in the Amazon jungle. And Sherlock Holmes. He, he wasn't in that story, oh, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, did you know that in-flight entertainment once included live shows? <laughs> you think you think some, some of your friends are annoying on a plane. Oh, my God. Can you imagine this? In 1941... Airlines were hiring actors to sing and entertain on planes. No kidding. Oh, those are the days you could smoke and drink like crazy and just you had room to put your feet out. Had to be very rich to be on a plane back then. So Yeah, wow. Uh, but then the war came and all that ended. Now, wow. when, when did in-flight movies really take off? One of your first guesses. 58. 61. Okay. 61. That's when a lightweight projection system was approved by the FAA. And the first film to use the system was a Lana Turner film by oh. Love Possessed. We should, we should dig that up on uh, Shown on a TWA Amazon. transcontinental flight. Wow. It's, it was Ephraim Zimblis Jr. who starred in the FBI when we were growing up yeah. on TV and Lana Turner. Okay, now I've got a few more. It's like you said, the Wikipedia rat hole you go down when you go to these things. When were video games first played in flight? People play video games all the time now on on planes with their phones and everything. Uh, uh, 1989. 1975. Mm. That's when Braniff Airlines offered games of Pong. Oh, really? In the air. Oh, Braniff is always ahead of its time. Yeah. Good for them. Okay, when were the first back-of-seat screens in planes? Back-of-seat screens on a plane. Do you remember when you saw that the first time? No. And how big the screen was? It was 1988. Northwest Airlines, they were three-inch seat-back video screens. Mm. <laughs> Today, in coach, you can get 10-inch screens, but it was three-inch screens wow. back then. The first multi-channel in-flight entertainment system, when you actually could check multiple yeah. things. Yeah. When do you think that was? I don't know. After they got rid of the ashtrays, they had room for that stuff. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> 1991. <laughs> 1991. Okay. It was a it was a multi-channel system. Virgin Atlantic installed for all classes of service. So it was the first time passengers had a choice of what they would watch on an airplane. And then satellite TV came in 2000. From 2009, you could watch newscasts on on uh, on planes. And yeah. finally, Marcia. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> when was the first email sent in flight? People can do that all the time now. Tell me, Bob. 2001. It was sent uh, from the skies during an Air Canada press tour. And then since 2018, the airlines have started adopting a policy. Bring your own screen. (laughs) Bring your iPod. Bring your phone. You can use our Wi-Fi, which you'll pay for. But bring your own screen. And you know why? Because all those back of the screen... uh, Those things cost $10,000 each to install on planes. So let's say a Boeing 747... 366 seats times $10,000. That's crazy. That's a $3.6 million investment in video per plane. So most of them are encouraging you to bring your own screen. That's where they're headed Mm. because it's costing, it's going to cost too much money. This is a lot of hardware. Anyway, all that stuff is about movies in flight, which none of us are going on right now. No, we're not. Most of that was from Motion Pictures, a brief history of in-flight movies from projected to pocket size by the Wall Street Journal. Okay, this is an interesting thing. 
What is it? It's because, uh, you know, it's about air, airlines and so forth. People are making changes, you know, because of the social distancing. I listen to this and I go, why didn't they do this before? United Airlines has announced a series of social distancing measures that will eliminate many of the annoyances of flying Cattle class or Cattle class. Or That's coach. us, Bob. That's us. <laughs> this is in the Wall Street Journal. One will be seating pairs of passengers in window and aisle rolls. So yeah. you get so a, the middle is empty. Middle is empty. Hello. Which, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. While passengers won't have the leg room of those up front, you'll have the same kind of attention service, elbow room that you'd have in business class. And here's another sensible change. Boarding the plane back to front. In other words, if you sit in the back of the plane, what you get an to, idea. I mean, why haven't they done this before? Um, God. Funny, this is, this is, I've never heard this written this way in the Wall Street Journal. It's written in the sarcastic voice I would use, uh-huh. saying, this will protect well-heeled travelers up front from being breathed on by, <laughs> by the hoi polloi as they lug their children in roller bags down the aisle. All of us common people, yeah, we God. can go on first. And That's sit good. and wait for those. Well, it does make sense. Yeah, I mean, why that not? that would be a great permanent change, wouldn't it? Yeah, and if uh, if we were always flying first class, which when this podcast takes off, we will be, <laughs> <laughs> then um, it would be worth waiting for. It would be worth waiting for. I wouldn't mind waiting for the those people. And their their uh, therapy parrots. One to, more, uh, what, one more thing. It will spare the people in first class from those envious stares from Group Nine as they walk <laughs> past. Envious stares. <laughs> it's more like just get out of my way. I'm trying to get to my seat. I heard a funny uh, story uh, recently, and it was somebody who took a flight from I forget where, where to where, but it was a large plane. And he was the only passenger. Yeah. And they they greeted him by name at the gate. And he Jeez. thought, oh, well, my. everybody else is late like me. But no, he was the only one yeah. there. And then he said it was funny that they he was flying Southwest. And they kept calling all those, everyone in group one. <laughs> Did they still group do one. it? Group one. Oh. Okay, now group two. Yeah, he said they went through all of them. And they were kind of laughing about it. And he thought it was funny, too. Oh, jeez. And then did he? Did they let him sit in first class? He got to sit in first class. I would hope so. Yeah, they put him right in first class. But I think the idea of boarding planes from back to front, why yeah. don't they do that all the time? Yeah, yeah. obvious thing. Oh, it makes sense to me. All right. I don't care where you sit in the plane. If the people behind you can get on first, it makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, I can ask a question. No, we're done. <laughs> That's been the show for today. It's been great. Glad to have you, Marsh. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just kidding. Good. All right. You'll probably know half of this question. Okay. But maybe not the other half. Okay. Who was the first person to occupy the White House, and what was the White House modeled after? John Adams. Correct. He's the first president. To live there, yeah. Yeah, not yeah. The first. He was the second president. I meant the first president yes. in the White House. Correct. And then if you watch that John Adams show, you see they were, it was very cold and damp. Oh, it was and awful. Burning no... lumber in there and everything. Yeah. Uh, what was, was so it good. modeled after? Well, there was a competition to design it, but I don't, rem- I don't, it was modeled after one specific castle or? Well, the executive mansion, now known as the White House, was modeled after the palace of the Duke of Leinster in Ireland. Hmm. So it was some duke's place in Ireland that they liked and said, "Ah, let's do that. 
Let's do and, a knockoff of and that. And even though it burned to the ground in 1812, they later restored it to look just the same. Technically, it didn't burn to the ground. It was set on fire. The insides all burned, but the walls were still there. Oh. Jen there, Marsh. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. That's why I married you. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, give me another one. No, I'll I go. want you to go. Okay. All right. Um, Maybe we should start recording. Oh. No, no, we're recording. <laughs> We've done that before. Yes, we have. Uh who invented ch- uh, chop suey and where? Okay. Now, that chop suey, you would think, I think most people think, well, it's obviously from China or somewhere. No, it was invented in, was it San Francisco? I think it was California somewhere, and it was a restaurant owner, but I don't know anything about it. Yeah, we don't know the guy's actual name. But it was invented by a Chinese dignitary who was visiting America in the late 1800s. His American friends asked him to prepare a genuine Chinese meal, but he didn't have any of the ingredients except there was some uh, soy sauce. Mm. And so he decided to improvise and gathered a bunch of stuff and combined them and flavored it with lots of, it was called soya sauce, actually, back in the day. His American friends were impressed, mainly because they were unfamiliar with soya sauce and the flavor (laughs) enhancement it brings out. I love that. They were impressed by the sauce, not yeah. necessarily the yeah, ingredients. Yeah, all the stuff he threw in there. But uh, when someone asked him the name of this great Chinese dish that he just thought of on the spot, he saw some chopsticks lying on the table, and he just put it together and said, it's called chop soya. And, uh, oh, chop soya from the soya sauce. Yeah. Oh, and, darn. And they, uh, they, because of his thick Chinese accent, they understood him to say chop suey. Oh, and that's where it came from, and so a misunderstanding. It, and so it is. So he just put chopsticks and chop soya together and made this thing up. So everybody thought it was a Chinese specialty. You see that all the time. Uh, somebody looks up at a sign and says, yeah, it's chop suey. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That was like that uh, guy who invented Twinkies, the hostess Twinkie. He was getting off a plane and he saw a sign on a building called Twinkle Toe Shoes. Oh, that's cute. So he decided, well, call these little things Twinkies. Yeah. All right. Anything else you got there, Marsh? You want to? No, that's it for me, Bob. Okay, I've got one odd. Put my left foot forward here. Track star Glenn Cunningham. He held the record for the indoor mile run for years. What was unusual about Glenn? He had no feet. No, his left foot had no toes. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. His I was left... close. I was close. I get a close one. His left foot had no toes. All oh. right, and one more. <laughs> Historical. You can't help yourself, can you, Bob? Well, you know, it's you a trivia stop. show, Marsh. You keep going. It keep is going. a trivia show. Wrap it up, Bob. This is it. You'll find it interesting. Why were the ancient Inca Indians of Central and South America known for their brilliant smiles? Um, no idea. Because... They inlaid their teeth with gold and semi-precious jewels. Wow, yes. And when an Inca maiden smiled, it was a bright smile indeed. <laughs> Rubies. That's one of the things the Spanish saw when they were down there, these Incan people. It's like, Jeez. oh, my God, what they got in their teeth there? <laughs> Are they rap stars? What the oh, hell is no. this? And you just, uh, what did they do then? Send in the dentists and the people would go I think they screaming? sent in the conquistadores yeah, then. The, you know. That would do it. Where oh did you, uh, show us where you got these precious gems. Oh, Lord. Oh, I'm having shades of, uh, is it safe? Is it safe? <laughs> yes. What, what was that? What, marathon what was that? man. The marathon, marathon man. man. The, yeah, dentist, the dentist. Uh, supposedly the Nazi. Dentist, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, 
ended uh, you up got in... me all freaked out now, Bob. Okay, that's enough of that. Well, that's it for today, Marsh. Thanks right. for joining us oh, here. Oh, sure. What else was there to do? <laughs> Another vote of confidence, Marsh. <laughs> it was great. Good uh, fun. We'll talk to you later, Bob. We hope you join us again next time for Q&A Trivia on... <coughs> on the cough ramp. <laughs> no, oh, the On the ramp. off ramp, yes. The offing coughing ramp. <laughs> on the off ramp with Marsha... And Bob... Smith. Yay! The Off Ramp is produced in association with CPL Radio and the Cedarbrook Public Library, Cedarbrook, Wisconsin.